You're listening to Roswell Teen Talk, Episode 3, Hashtag Social Life, Social Media in High School. Likes, resharing, views, followers, all of these are terms that have catapulted themselves into our everyday lexicon thanks to the ever-expanding prevalence of social media. And with its ubiquitous influence in today's culture as a whole, social media is even more pronounced in the lives of high schoolers. According to a Pew Research Center study in May 2022, 95% of U.S. teens aged 13 to 17 reported having access to a smartphone, with 46% of them reporting that they are constantly online. What are they doing? In this same study, 95% of teens reported spending a majority of time on YouTube, 67% on TikTok, and roughly 60% on Instagram and Snapchat. Other platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit, while still popular with adults, fell significantly by the wayside compared to 2015 numbers. So now the burning question. What effect is social media having on the lives of these high school students? We sat down with high schoolers from Roswell, Georgia and asked them how they use social media and how it affected them. Here's what they had to say. Personally, for me, I like it. I've had no issues with it, and I can just communicate with my friends. Like, it's fun to see, like, what my friends are doing and just being able to, like, communicate with them and know, like, how they're doing or what they're doing and just, like, in a more fun way than just text. My friend posts, like, 20 TikToks a day. I don't know how she does it. She's got a full schedule at high school, but I just like to watch her and see her experience things and enjoy things in life, and that's everything in social media for me. That's when it's at its best, when I'm just watching my friends and I'm talking to my friends and I get to see them live their life and they get to see me live mine. While the teens we talked with could see how social media had the potential to enhance their sense of connection, they also recognized the potential for the negative effects. Like any tool, social media can be used to do good and also do bad. It, it really just depends on the people using it. However, I think that from like higher follower count people like celebrities and stuff there's like a trickle down like what they do is also like uh, affecting high schoolers you could be scrolling on your phone and oh this influencer that I follow she's super skinny and her arms and her legs are great I want to look like that so then you're like boom you have to force yourself into like this extreme decision that I'm gonna do whatever I can to look like that the, the way that somebody acts online and the way they act in person are, are two separate things nowadays. And people are afraid to be vulnerable online because of the image it'll show to others. And so battling the temptation of being a person you're not online is a huge pressing uh, problem nowadays for kids. It's allowing kids to be something they're not, but that just allows more opportunity for loneliness to seep in because when there's somebody online and they go out and try to be that in the real world and they're not themselves and then they're not fulfilled in what they're getting fulfilled in online the likes the comments the the reposts it's just degrading and mentally you know terrible and things get really overwhelming really fast in social media because everything feels like if i don't respond directly in that instant i'm being insulting because personally, I get insulted when I know someone's on their phone, especially on Insta, when you can check when someone's online and you send them a DM and then they don't respond. 
that that hurts. That hurts me. And I know that it would hurt them when I do it to them. So I'm always trying to respond the second that I can. But that also means that I rush into a lot of bad interactions with people just for the sake of thinking that they're entitled to my time. It's you start worrying about like how others think of you, especially if you don't know them as well. Like, oh, well, I don't know if she thinks that I'm weird or whatever. And just depends. And like, it's especially hard when they don't know you because then it's how could they judge you if they didn't actually know who you were and but then like sometimes it's just I don't know it's a lot of different things and different scenarios for different people of how they think online I mean I'd see like a lot of like just like the self-image stuff like people's like insecurities posted like through their like bathing suit pictures or like pictures like with their boyfriends or things like that like like they want to produce like the perfect life so I see that online, but then you'll see them in person. Like it just won't be anything close to perfect. There's not a single person in my friend group or really person that I know with a phone who doesn't have any sort of phone editing app. Even me myself, I've got like InShot, which is a phone editing app. You can add like cute backgrounds. You can crop it and add filters and add these things that just like make your pictures feel more important to look at. So I know on that level, it's something that we've all just kind of been used to so photoshop and having facetune and having all these things where you can alter the way you look on your app just seems like a normal thing right next to spotify so i know it's not something that we like look at and gasp at yeah you definitely can like find out things more that is not in your area which i think is good but also bad because then it makes everyone feel like oh i need that i need that like in a very want environment and not them just like being happy with what they have i feel like that's not very good mentality but it is good to like and fun to see like what's going on in like other states or other countries and like everything that's happening. As you heard from the students, their views on social media were a mixed bag, albeit with an overall trend of acknowledging its potential for negative influence. However, one common piece of feedback that we heard was the feeling of a disconnect between the students' experiences on social media and parental perception. I think I wish that they understood how like different the generations were because there's a lot of different socially acceptable things. And I also think with, I wish they realized how much social media changes our perspective on things because we see so much more and it, it changes our worldviews and whatnot. I think, you know, we see the best version and people say this all the time, the best version of everybody's life. So everybody's trying to measure up. That puts a lot of pressure on us. And some of that pressure, um, they just haven't experienced or haven't seen in a similar view at the age that we're at. I feel like they just think that it's all bad and that like people are stalking you and coming to like haunt you at your house, but it's not like that. They're very worried about like inappropriate things or like bad things happening to you. Going to put the worst of the worst things out on the news or like the articles that you read. They're not going to put the like normal things that happen on the apps and like the happiness that people might get from the apps they're going to put the like worst things where someone came and got kidnapped from whoever was like stalking them or whatever they're not going to put like the happiness or like the normal things that happen on the apps because that's what gets publicity and it's something that our parents may not understand i mean they probably have facebook or linkedin or something like that but you know the instagram and the snapchat and the tiktok and stuff like that that's an example of something that our parents may not have, definitely not, did not experience when they were kids because they didn't have the technological advances that we have today. One thing I really wish my mom understood about now is a lot is different with technology and they didn't grow up with a phone and social media and having to worry about that. 
She doesn't understand if there's someone saying something rude online or maybe making like a video, like a TikTok or something about you to be like rude to you or they just, they don't understand that it's the same as bullying in person. Now let's park it here for a second. As anyone knows who has spent time watching over a group of kids, kids can be cruel and bullying is often a part of it. And while adults may be familiar with forms of bullying that they grew up with, name-calling, pushing, punching, and even the occasional wet willy, there is a whole new category and venue for this aggressive and demeaning behavior, officially referred to as cyberbullying. According to the Pew Research Center, 59% of U.S. teenagers have experienced bullying or harassment online, although it's speculated that the number is even higher due to underreporting. While the focus of cyberbullying is varied, the majority of respondents reported instances of name-calling and appearance-shaming, often from others within their own social circles. Here are what the high school students from Roswell had to share about their own experiences with cyberbullying. It's been really different because especially like even in elementary school, phones weren't as prominent and kids would still be mean at school. But now in like high school where everyone has a phone, everyone has social media, it's really through like comments and things people post. So like I try not to take it very seriously because I know, oh, these people are too scared to say something in person. But still some of it hurts when it like piles up. I just feel like I haven't experienced this, but as everyone knows, like people can be really mean over the phone because it's just so much easier than doing it in person. And I just feel like that can be a struggle for someone who's going through that because it's a lot harder to make it stop than actually being in person. And it's a lot easier for the person being mean to do it. So I feel like that's one of the biggest challenges of actually everyone having phones and everyone having access to really communicate with each other in negative ways. Now, that there's like technology and stuff when someone's trying to be rude they're just gonna make a new account and then say that to someone without them knowing who you are which I think is like 10 times worse because you're doing it without a face which is so unfair for the person you're being mean to and like there's no need for it it's unfair for those kids and it's so like it's not okay for the people that are doing it because Like, they know who they're doing it to, and they know what they're saying, and, like, they know where this person's going or what they're doing, but the person they're doing it to is, like, traumatized because they don't know, like, they could think it's, like, some random person they don't know when it's like someone they, like, sit next to in math class or something like that, which is really unfair. I think as, like, people get older, bullying gets, like, more serious. And so, like, in elementary school, it's kind of like you're a tattletale or, like, like, silly stuff like that. But, like, as you get older... Definitely now in high school, people like will point out your insecurities sometimes or like they'll really like they think about what they say if they really want to hurt you more. I've had a couple experiences. Um, I was in a friend group at one point and uh, it all fell apart. I felt like all my friends betrayed me. They weren't rooting for me. They were almost rooting against me. But, you know, I I wanted their attention. I wanted to feel like I belonged. I didn't talk to a lot of people about it because I didn't want it to be, you know, it wasn't... um, I didn't want it to be an overblown big deal. A lot of bullying is people trying to feel better about themselves by making themselves look better than you. Um, They're insecure about themselves, but I think everybody is insecure in some way, shape, or form. So everybody has the capacity to be a bully, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's up to you to be better than that and to really think about other people and how they're feeling. 
I actually have had a lot of like body like image issues and like a lot of struggles with food as like I've grown up and I think like definitely seeing everyone on social media and even some like my closest friends who I love it is kind of hard sometimes to see them and like I know of girls like who do starve themselves and like you see everyone commenting like oh like your body's so good like but you know they're struggling it's just hard so like sometimes social media I think is really toxic. I think social media does have an effect on a lot of people's like body image and things like that, especially girls. Yes, I understand that a lot of people do it from a place of jealousy, because I had one person that would constantly make fun of it and be like, oh, you're so bony, like no one's ever going to like you because you're too skinny. Because we literally weighed the same weight, it's just I'm a lot taller and carry my weight differently. We're almost the same, and so it was like, I finally told her because she kept on poking, 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 and I finally was just like, you know what, that's just not okay to make fun of just because I'm a little bit skinnier than you. She definitely has a lot of social media and is on it a lot, but for me, I think I don't look at that stuff, so I don't think about it as much, and so I think she's looking at it so much, she's thinking about it, so she sees me in real life and is comparing me to it. According to the Cyberbullying Research Center, 64% of students who were victim of cyberbullying said that it affected their ability to learn and feel safe at school. And a study conducted by the Megan Mayer Foundation found that victims of cyberbullying have increased likelihood of depression and suicidal thoughts. So how can students combat cyberbullying? Here is some advice that the students themselves had to offer. The advice that I'd give to the students listening right now is realize that a lot of the times people are saying things out of jealousy or just to be rude just because or maybe because they're going through something themselves. And so even though, yes, you should listen to other people's opinions, you should also take some of them with a grain of salt because if they're too afraid to walk up to someone and tell them that they have a problem with you, then it's not worth what they say. They're not the end of the world. I mean, it will hurt if someone makes fun of you or calls you a name. But you got to know that they're just saying that just to say it and that you know who you are and you should be who you are instead of listening to what other people have to say. But I'd say try to stand your ground as much as you can. If there is an adult that you trust, definitely go to them because it helps a lot. If someone was being bullied online, like they came to me and asked for my help, I would tell them like, you might just want to stay clear social media for a bit, like just not even go on it. In real life bullying, um, definitely like you just want to talk to the person sometimes I think like if it's really like getting to the point where it could be harmful either talk to like the person and confront them and just like be really kind and like ask them what's up like I I don't know why this is happening or if it's like really serious talk to like the counselor or something because they always know what to do. I think it's best to first stand up to them in the sense that hey I don't feel okay with this that way maybe that they're saying they don't realize how hurtful it is so you're letting them know and if it continues then that's when then that's when you maybe you need to go to somebody else. Teachers or somebody that would also know the student and more of a close, maybe a closer, know more about them way so that they have a better chance of reaching them. I think that's huge, finding people who are rooting with you and for you. And like for the people that are doing the bullying, I feel like they also need someone to talk to because if you're like being so mean to someone like that, there's definitely something like you're definitely self-conscious about something that they have or like something is definitely like, you're hurting some way because you wouldn't do that for no reason. Not reporting it isn't gonna do anything and people can get mad at me for doing that, but in the end, if it's gonna help someone that I'm friends with or even who I'm not friends with who is getting bullied or made fun of, it's gonna help in the end, so it's kinda worth it to just help them and be there for them. 
According to the National Crime Prevention Council, the number one method for preventing cyberbullying is to practice blocking where needed. The next most recommended method? Talking to a parent or trusted adult. Unfortunately, the council also reported that only 11% of teens talk to their parents about cyberbullying incidents. To seek advice on how parents and students can address bullying, whether in person or online, or even how to prevent bullying, we spoke with multiple experts. Here's what they had to say. I think it's important actually that we, uh, that, that we seek to understand what's going on and that we maintain uh, a level of uh, objectivity around uh, the situation, realizing that what our child is sharing with us is it, it's a narrative and that it's an important narrative. It's not one that we should uh, dismiss or minimize. It's also not necessarily something that that uh, should cause us to uh, to jump into immediate action. It's a triage uh, question, really, I think, uh, meaning that are, is this something that needs to be escalated immediately? And I would say in those cases where there's any sort of degradation uh, physically or uh, harm that's being caused uh, emotionally, uh, we need to seek to uh, to protect and uh, certainly inform other uh, other adults uh, of of what's going on. Um, and um, that being the case, there are other situations in which the appropriate action, I think, is to take a step back, seek to understand, gather more information, and then determine what the appropriate uh, and prudential thing is to do. So I think as parents, it's really important to place ourselves into their world instead of asking them to just come along into our world that really doesn't exist in the same way anymore. And it's one of those things where I think parents have to sort of check their idea of what reality is and go into the reality of the teen and then be willing to hear what's going on. If the teen feels like the parent really is going to listen into that world, they will share. And I think the parent will see how the bullying is revealed in that. What if I find out that my child is bullying other people? It is um, generally a good idea, I think, to check in periodically on your kids' social media posts and um, texts and things so that you can kind of gauge how they are responding or initiating contact with other kids and then certainly intervening if you see them bullying another child. Bullying behavior is a byproduct of something going on with a child. And I think it's important that we approach that with intentionality, that we approach that with purpose, that we approach it with a willingness to have a conversation, uh, not in an accusatory way, uh, but uh, as a uh, an opportunity to better understand where is he or she operating from a place of insecurity Approaching it with curiosity in that way, I think, uh, can be a way to turn this into a teachable experience and not to recapitulate a, uh, a degrading pattern of behavior that our child is manifesting, the way in which we engage with them around mistakes that they're making and behaviors that are not consistent with our, our values is, uh, is really critical. That kind of is situational to the families and it kind of is situational to the personality of the parents as well. 
when I, I've seen all of different things in my sessions with families. Sometimes I've seen parents who minimize what their kid has been doing and just say the other kid isn't tough enough or just can't take it. And then sometimes I have families where the parents are just devastated and they go to the other extreme, apologizing and doing all different kinds of things. But I think the kind of somewhere in the middle ground is the best place to be, to acknowledge that my kid's not perfect that something's going on with this other person that makes them feel the need to be mean. And then to really kind of maybe dive into a conversation around our values or what we feel is right or wrong, or what are they getting out of doing this? And is this the path they want to take? Maybe trying to employ, what do you stand for? What's important to you? And is this how you want to lay out your path from this point forward? And if not, what's making you want to do it right now? take ownership and you don't get that a lot now. There are a lot of parents who blame others for problems that their own children may be having. Um, seek help. Again, it's okay to get help. If your child is bullying at a young age, it's probably going to get worse as they get older. And then the parent needs to figure out, you know, why? What's causing that? Is there some stress behind that? Are they lashing out because they want attention? Maybe they're not getting attention at home. Because when you're 15 or 16, you're about to make a lot of decisions that will, that are going to be, make your life the way that you want it. Relationships on social media are very superficial. You're on social media and you're friends with people that you're not really friends with. It, they're not really your friends. A friend is someone that you do things with. A friend is someone that you talk to. A friend is someone that knows how you're feeling about things. A friend is someone you can go to and none of that happens in Facebook or on Instagram. You're comparing yourselves to fiction. They don't need to try to be like their parents or try to be like their friends. Just um, do the things that they enjoy and they will become the person that they were meant to be. This has been episode three of Roswell Teen Talk, brought to you by the Wellstar Behavioral Health Service Line and sponsored by the Roswell Rotary Club. Be sure to listen to our other episodes and please show your support of this content by subscribing and rating on whatever platform you're listening. And perhaps you could even consider sharing this podcast on whatever social media platform you use. And lastly, if you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, Help is available 24-7 if you call or text 988. Or you can live chat with a professional counselor by visiting 988lifeline.org. Stay safe and stay well. Stay well.